you guys, but I'm about to out myself a little bit and I hope you don't think I'm rude um, or like not nice, but maybe you can relate with me. I don't know if you've ever found yourself in a conversation with somebody else and 30 seconds into this conversation, you were like, Lord have mercy, get me away from them. Okay. And I'm, I know. I'm sorry. It's just me. What a bad pastor I am. But uh, sometimes there's there's some people that you're going to have a conversation with where they just want to tell you everything about themselves. Okay. They want to tell you your favorite color. They want to tell you that one time when they were in the second grade, they were on a soccer team, but they're not anymore. So thank for that. And then they want to tell you about their weird uncle. They want to tell you about their likes, their interests, their dislikes. They want to tell you about your dog. And every time they just want to talk about themselves. Has anybody had one of those conversations before? If you haven't raised your hand, you might be the person talking about yourself. Okay. Been there, done that as well. Okay. And it, it can be exhausting. It can be exhausting talking with somebody who only wants to talk about themselves, but it can also be exhausting when I'm the one that just wants to talk about myself. Not that you have ever ever done that. Now we are in a brand new series where we are going to be looking at what does culture say that is acceptable or what culture says is okay or what we should do. And we're going to take that and we're going to take it to the word of God. And we're going to see, okay, does this hold up in the Bible? Is this something that we should be doing? Or is this something that we should not be doing? Now I know that a lot of you already know what culture says about a lot of different topics. You have a lot of different friends' opinions. You have a lot of different teachers' opinions. You have a lot of different social media opinions coming your way. And I know that you know what culture says, but I really, really pray, all of us on staff have been praying that you at least seek out what does the Bible say? Because we can come down here and we can preach you sermon after sermon but you have to open your Bible and you have to seek out the truth for yourself and see, do I follow, do I follow culture or do I follow the word of God? Now, sadly, we live in a world world where culture and the people around us outweigh what the Bible says. We live in a world where we will let people's opinions on some sort of matter outweigh what the word of God says. And we cannot live our lives like that. We cannot live with more respect for culture than the word of God. We have to be able to come to the understanding that culture will fail you. Culture will crumble when you try to stack things on top of it. Culture will buckle and it will fall. But the Bible, that is the word of God. And that will stand every single time that will withstand your questions, that will withstand anything that you want to know, the Bible will stand up to it. So I want you to think of it a little bit like this, okay? I got Shantz coming out, say, hey, Shantz. His name's not Shantz, you guys, it's Sean, okay? Now I want you to think of it like this, okay? So you have a lot, sassy, okay? So on this side, we have culture. On this side, we have Bible. And on one hand, we have culture telling us things that we're probably going to listen to. Why? Because it's being fed to us. That's what we're listening to. On one hand with culture, we have culture saying to you, it's okay to be mean to your parents. 
It's okay to treat them poorly. It's okay to be mean to a girl because you think she's cute. That's not right. It's okay to choose your own gender. And when we believe what culture says, it didn't even hold up to it. It will break and it will crack and it will fall every single time. Culture will fail you. Putting your trust in people's opinions will fail you every single time. But the word of God will stand. The word of God will withstand your questions, your searching, and your wondering. Because where culture says, disobey your parents, be mean to them, the Bible actually says, honor and obey your parents. Where culture says, be mean to each other, the Bible actually says, love one another. Where culture says, it's okay for you to choose your own identity, whether you want to be a girl or you want to be a boy, the Bible actually says God made you in his image, male and female. He created you. And what happens is the Bible holds up. The Bible will not break. The Bible will not falter. The Bible will not break under pressure. The Bible can handle it. We can place our trust, our questions on the word of God because it will withstand. This is in Isaiah 48. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God stands forever. Tonight, we are going to be looking at what does culture say versus what does the Bible say about selfishness and vanity. And if you don't know what those mean, lucky for you, I have Googled it. Vanity means excessive pride or admiration of one's own appearance or achievements. We'll break it down, okay? Selfishness, though, is concerned excessively or exclusively with one's self. So on one hand, we have vanity, okay? We care so much about our achievements, about the way we look. We care so much to an excessive amount that we are worried about how are we dressed? How do we look when we leave the house? How is our hair done? How much muscle do we have? These are things that we will constantly obsess about. But then vanity is also an excessive amount of pride in our achievements, now, I want you to hear me out on this. You can absolutely be proud of yourself. You can absolutely be proud of yourself for getting an A on a test or a three or a four. I don't know what you guys grading system, okay? It was different in the early 2000s, all right? You can definitely be proud of yourself for making the basketball team. You can absolutely say, man, that feels good. But there is a point where it becomes excessive and that is vanity, when that is all consuming, when that is all that we think about, when instead of just saying, man, go me for getting a three, is a three a good? Three is good, thank you. Man, you go me for getting a three, I just must be the smartest person in this school. That's vanity. Man, look at me, I am the best sports player. That's a weird word. I am the best sports player that this school has ever seen. That is vanity. It's excessive, right? It is all that we can think about. It is what we are obsessed with. And selfishness has us thinking things like, man, look at me. I'm the prettiest girl you've ever seen. Okay, it has you thinking things like, I am the strongest person. You're 12, okay? It has us thinking things like, man, I am the funniest person I know. 
Everybody should acknowledge that. I am awesome. And vanity and selfishness can cause us to be self-absorbed and preoccupied with our own opinions, our own desires, our own wants, our own needs. We think excessively about ourselves. It's not a secret that we live in a very obsessed with ourselves world, okay? A very vain and a very selfish world. And if any of you have social media, you just have to open up Instagram and see. Now, if you're scrolling through your feed, all you're going to see, good pictures. Why is that? Because you are only going to post what you look good in. I get it. Me too, okay? I do have moments of vanity and I have to repent for them. But when we take a picture with a friend group or with your family, who's the first person you look at? Who's the first person you look at? Yourself. You're not looking at your dad. You're looking at yourself. Why? Because we love ourselves. Because we are not going to post something if we ain't looking like a snack, but we're looking like a crumb. We're not going to post that. No, we're not going to post it if we think I don't look thin enough. Man, my hair doesn't look good. My shirt isn't cropped enough. We are not going to post that photo. And when you see a photo of you and your friend group, do you look at anybody else in the photo? You're lying. No, you don't. You look at yourselves. And I know because I've talked with you. I've taken pictures with you. You don't look at me. We look at ourselves, and it's nothing to be embarrassed about. We are selfish people by nature. It is what happened all the way from the beginning of creation. We are selfish. We are vain. And vanity and selfishness, it can cause us to treat people differently. It can cause us to treat people poorly so that we can be elevated, so that we can get ahead more than somebody else. Now, you might want to be known at your school as the smartest person in your class. So, for example, if you're trying to get ahead of somebody else, you might be grouped up into a group project, and then you volunteer to do all the work. But you don't volunteer because you want to do all the work. You volunteer for when you turn in that assignment, you can say, hey, Miss Smith, I did all of the work by myself just to maybe hear a little bit of good job. You are so smart. We're selfish. We are vain people. The Bible says in John 4, 13, Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. When we drink what the world tells us to, when we drink what culture says, love yourselves, be obsessed with yourself, think only of yourself, we We'll be thirsty constantly. We will never be satisfied with what the world can give us. We will never be satisfied with what culture tries to tell us. We will try to do things, but we will always come up short. We will feel like we never have enough. If our life is focused on just what we want, on our needs, on our desires, then you will always be striving for more. You will always be thirsty, and you will keep coming back. When vanity shows up in our lives, it brings with it pride. It brings with it jealousy, envy, and strife. Vanity and selfishness will have us constantly thinking, am I enough? Am I pretty enough? 
Am I thin enough? Am I tall enough? Am I short enough? It will have us constantly doubting and questioning ourselves. Are we enough? When you translate vanity from Hebrew, it actually means emptiness without purpose and worthlessness. So when we are drinking what culture is trying to give us about all about ourselves, we are feeling worthless. We're feeling empty. We're feeling without purpose. That's not what God has for you. It says in Ecclesiastes 1.8, everything is wearisome beyond description. No matter how much we see, we are never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we are not content. And we won't be content. We will always feel like we don't measure up. We will always feel like we are not enough. We will always feel like there is more, but we can't ever reach that. But we will pretend and convince ourselves that everything's okay. Because man, at the end of the day, I'm awesome. No, we're trying to fake it, right? We will come up empty and worthless. Now, you will soon learn, those of you who are in eighth grade, that the jump from eighth grade to ninth grade is weird, okay? I'm just going to pre-warn you right now. It's weird. All of our high school blue team's like, "Mm -hmm." so bizarre, okay? And here's why. Because um, maybe, okay, I see how like some of you guys already know how to do your makeup. That's cool for you. When I was in eighth grade, no. All right. When I was in eighth grade, I was wearing my brother's clothes to school. That's not, he's five years older than me, okay? And he's 6'4", so it didn't work out for me, okay? And uh, when I was in eighth grade, I was a weird, weird girl, okay? Weird. And uh, I didn't know how to dress, and I didn't know how to do my hair. I didn't know that um, you could wear your hair in different styles. I had no idea. I didn't know that, uh, girls, you're lucky. Makeup, man, we can change our face like that. It's incredible. But I didn't know all of this until my friends started getting into it. And I remember it was the jump from our eighth grade to ninth grade year. And they were like, have you discovered makeup? And I'm like, tell me more. And then I got into it. And then they started teaching me how to dress. And then all of a sudden I was like, whoa, boys, watch out. When I come to Grand Junction High School, this wasn't... I was embarrassing. Okay. And I thought that I was God's gift to this earth. Okay. I thought that I was better than everybody else. I thought that I was amazing. I thought that I dressed good. No, I thought that my makeup was good. It wasn't. I thought that I was awesome, but yet somehow it still didn't feel like enough. Now, I was a student athlete, most of all of middle school and still into high school. So I was already at practice five days a week. I was already working out constantly. I was already doing all of these things to make sure that I was the most fit and the most in shape. It's no secret, okay? I'm not a little bit on like the thinner side of anything by any means, okay? But I was 14 years old thinking I could lose another 20 pounds because this isn't enough. Dressing, dressing good, it's not enough. Makeup, it's not enough. I need compliments. I need people to acknowledge how great my existence was. I needed people, and I know that that sounds selfish, and that sounds vain, but I think a lot of us can relate to this. 
And so at 14, I decided I will get a personal trainer. I will then start diet pills. I will then start counting every single calorie that I will eat. I will start tracking every single thing that I do. I will up even from being a student athlete working out five days a week. I'll now do it twice a day, five days a week. And maybe, just maybe, if I could just lose like another 20 pounds, then man, I would be unstoppable. But I wasn't. I still came up short every single time, feeling worthless, feeling empty, feeling without purpose every single time because I was drinking from what culture said to do. Look a certain way. Love yourself. Be obsessed with you. You are amazing. And every single time, I came back for more and more and more. And every single time, I came up short. My whole world revolved around me. Revolved around what I looked like, what I wore, how I did my makeup, how I dyed my hair. It revolved around me. And every single time, I felt more insecure, I felt more worthless, and I felt more, way more that I never liked myself. I didn't know that there's this verse that existed until I opened my Bible. It says in 1 Samuel 16, the Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at your heart. Hear me when I say this. The Lord does not care what you wear. He does not care how your hair is done. He doesn't care about your makeup. He doesn't care if you could lose 20 pounds. He thinks you look perfect, but he looks at your heart. What is happening underneath all of that that you try to be? Why do you feel the need to be so obsessed with yourself? The Lord cares about your heart. He cares about speaking identity into you. He cares about speaking worth into you. He cares about you. Selfishness and vanity, if we are not careful, will soon lead to idolatry. Idolatry, if you don't know what that means, that is what you are worshiping. It's anything that has your focus that is not God. Anything that you are fixated on that is not God is idolatry. It's worshiping something else. Me, I worshiped myself. Now, I don't mean that I'm in my room singing like, great are you, Brittany? That's weird. Okay, it's not like that kind of worship. But it meant that my whole focus was on myself. It meant that my whole focus was on me, what I wore, what kind of clothes I had, what kind of money I had, what kind of iPhone I had, all of it, me, me, me. God will not share his throne with you. God is supposed to be the leader of our life, seated on the highest honor on his throne. What that means, he leads your life, he guides your life, he makes all your choices, and he loves you, but he will not share with you. He will not share if it is trying to be you or something else that you worship. It is us or it is God. It is social media if that has your attention or it is God. And we cannot love ourselves more and we love God. We cannot care more about ourselves than we care about God. We cannot listen to culture more than we listen to the word of God. We can't do it because if we do, we will come up short every single time. 
Now, I want you to understand there's a difference between being confident and being vain. Because here's the deal. It's not bad to love yourself. Excessive amounts, yes. If it leads over to vanity or idolatry or selfishness, yes. But there's a difference between being confident and being vain or selfish. To be confident is saying, man, I know I'm going to ace this test. Why? Because God made me smart. Man, I know I am beautiful. Why? Because the Bible says I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That is being confident. Confident is relying on the Holy Spirit. It's relying on God, not ourselves. But we cannot allow our own opinions to trump God's word. When we let vanity and selfishness into our life, God will not compete. He will not just sit there and say, oh, okay, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. You do you, boo. I'm going to leave you on your own. He wants to be a part of your life, but he's got to be the leader of it. So how do we do this? How do we let go if culture says, yes, think about yourself, but the Bible says, whoa, hold on. No, that leaves you feeling worthless. That leaves you feeling empty. The Bible is very, very clear on the steps we need to take. It says in Philippians 2, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. That's how you combat vanity. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress people. Be humble, thinking of others over yourselves. That's how we beat it. We say, okay, God, first of all, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for for putting myself on the throne. I'm sorry for being the boss of my life, for being so obsessed with myself. Would you help me? So first we repent about it. We say, I'm sorry. And then we say, would you be the leader of my life again? We put God back on the throne where he belongs. And then we say, will you give me a heart for people? Will you show me that there's other people out there than just myself? Will you show me people who are hurting and let me help them? Why? Because I I, want to do that. I want to show the world that there's a God that loves them, that cares about them. I don't know if anybody has ever told you this. And I don't want you to think that I'm being mean to you, but I think it's important that you know the truth. The world does not revolve around you. The world does not revolve around you. You are not the greatest person on this planet. The world does not revolve around you. What God wants for you is to use you in his plan. It's not your plan, your way. It's God's plan. And God wants to use you to show hurting people that there's a God that loves them. God wants to use you as part of his plan. And yes, he is madly, madly in love with you. And he thinks that you are amazing and that you are awesome and that you really are the greatest person on this world. But it's what he thinks about you. It's what his thoughts are about you. That verse in John The one that says, Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. The second part of that verse says, but those who drink water I will give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Culture will fail you. You will come back thirsty time and time again. The word of God, the Bible, God, he will fill you. 
He will give you eternal life. He is the one that tells you you are amazing. He is the one that says, yes, you are the best ever. And when we find our worth in Jesus, we don't have to be so self-absorbed with what the world thinks about us because we know where our worth comes from and we know where our identity comes from. It comes from the one who created you. He is madly in love with you and he cares about you. He has a plan for your life. And when you follow him, you will be satisfied. You will not be questioning, am I worth it? You will not be questioning, am I enough? You will not be questioning, do I measure up? You will know, man, I am loved. I am worth it. God thinks I am awesome. And so what I want to do is just invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And if you're in this room and you're like, yeah, I've, I've definitely let myself become an idol. I've definitely let vanity and selfishness get the best of me. Then I just, just say you're sorry. It's as simple as saying, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I let this take your place. You don't have to overcomplicate it. Just a simple prayer. Just apologize. And then if you're serious about it, you can say, God, I take me off of the throne of my life and I put you back on it. I want to be satisfied in you. I don't want to drink what culture has to give me. I want to drink what you have for me, where I know I'm enough where I know I measure up, where I know I'm awesome. Why? Because you created me that way. So just ask him, I put you back as the leader of my life. I put you back on the throne. So God, we just say we're sorry. We say we're sorry for the moments that we've put ourselves on the throne of our lives, trying to lead our lives, trying to measure up, but coming up short every time we are sorry. And God, we just ask right now for those of us that truly mean it, would you just be the leader of our lives again? Would you be the one who's on the throne? You be the one talking to us. You be the one leading us. You be the one that we get our worth in. You be the one that we are satisfied in. We thank you so much for each and every one of these students. And we pray, God, that you would just bless them. You would just bless them with identity, that they don't have to question it. That you would just bless them with purpose. That you would just bless them, that they would know who they are. Yes, they are awesome, but it's because you think they're awesome, Lord. We thank you so much. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center podcast. For more information on what's happening at 4640, you can check us out on social media or our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights, and we hope to see you there.